0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special TGS 2015-themed episode. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Brandon. Hey! Yeah, we've got the two hosts hosting it up. Yeah, uh, we've got a lot of
1: surprise and... news.
0: Yeah, like, we completely ruined Kingdom Hearts Union. 86? 86, 83? Yes. 86, <laughs> uh, Jeez, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, completely ruined that because, um, well, we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah. But basically, we're going to have a small two-segment show. One, we're going to talk about Kingdom Hearts TGS... One we're going to talk about Final Fantasy TGS. And uh, yeah, it's a nice little special episode for everyone.
1: Yep. Thanks, Square. Yeah, thanks. It's their fault. <laughs> uh,
0: if you're listening to this, uh, just a reminder that uh, this show is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union. And it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. It runs on a four-week rotation. And the next show is actually Final Fantasy Union. And it comes on the iTunes Store, dot KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and YouTube and all various different things. And, of course, you can support us on Patreon if you are listening and you don't already. Sweet. Just going to dive straight into it. So, yes, Brandon, do you want to tell us
1: about what happened at uh, TGS and why it ruined your show? Uh, so, well, a little bit of background on our show, and then we'll dive into the TGS news. So, we got this a massive rumor about some guy that's looking for a job that apparently had been working on the Kingdom Hearts team, worked on Kingdom Hearts 3, and this mystery title that he was calling Kingdom Hearts 2.9. And he went into, you know, very specific detail about all the things he did on both of those projects. And we had this lovely show about it being a rumor. And then literally the day we were about to post the episode... After we had already recorded, Square Enix announces a new collection called Kingdom Hearts Two Point Eight, a fragment or, or a a final prologue, final chapter prologue, something yeah. like that. And it just so happens that Two Point Nine is, uh, as far as we can tell, this thing. So uh, this particular bundle includes the following titles it includes kingdom hearts dream drop distance hd which is a uh, hd remaster of kingdom hearts 3d there is kingdom hearts key back cover which is a uh, movie type title kind of like what they've been doing in the and uh, the other remaster collections and then finally the you know the big thing kingdom hearts uh, point 2 birth by sleep a fragmentary passage so yeah, each of these titles, uh so Kingdom Hearts uh Dream Drop Distance HD, that's pretty straightforward. There's nothing really new about it. It's just an HD remaster of Kingdom Hearts uh Dream Drop Distance, very much in the vein of what Birth by Sleep and Kingdom Hearts Two and all those games got. Nothing uh really. Did that version there. get a final mix? That never got a final mix. And Do you was, think they might incorporate <sighs> apparently so that's something that uh Famitsu is speculating that there might be some some new stuff in it, but as far as what they know, and, and they're the only ones so far that have spoken to Square Enix about this, because other than that, all we've gotten is official blurbs about it. Uh, they say, maybe there's new stuff in it, but we don't know. So Great. But yeah, if if they were going to add anything, this would be the, the vehicle for which to do it. The only reason I would say they might not approach that uh, possibility is because... So much of this bundle is already new, so maybe they don't feel like it's necessary yeah because I mean yeah
0: it's it's the first time really that we've we're getting a bundle that's actually gonna have fresh stuff in it
1: yeah m- mostly mostly new stuff this time it's a uh, it's obviously the other ones have been
0: all the uh, older games brought into the the modern era and they've had the fmv games as well exactly yeah this one obviously we're getting key which most of us in the west haven't even experienced yet exactly and uh, obviously you're getting the fabled birth by sleep volume two yes exactly. which is is basically a whole new experience exactly so, Which we know nothing about. I mean, yeah. do, I mean, do we even know to the point of how much of a game it's going to be? Is it literally
1: going to be like a four or five hour game? or We don't even know if it'll be that long. Like for, for all we know, it could be just the length of what Episode Duske was, where it was just like two hours, three hours if you were pushing it. Yeah, because I mean, you look at like Melga Solid, where the prologue was ground zeros and that was only an hour but at least with ground zeros there was so many of those yeah, side replay. missions and there's the hard mode of it so yeah there's a lot of replay value there but kingdom hearts has never been one for those types of challenges and especially this particular setting seems like everything is very um urgent you know she, aqua's in the realm of darkness and it seems like she could die at any moment this, this doesn't seem like a place where she would go on side ops <laughs> like <laughs> it doesn't seem like anywhere you would go yeah uh but yeah so kingdom hearts uh birth by sleep point two, a fragmentary passage is from what we understand uh birth by sleep volume two which was first announced during uh a secret ending way back yeah secret ending in birth by sleep final mix uh, which, by the way, that secret ending does still exist in, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.5's version of, uh, Birth by Sleep Final Mix. And they even got Willa Holland to voice the one line that Aqua says in it. So, that was sort of a hint that, uh, they weren't done with, uh, final, uh Birth, Birth by Sleep Volume 2. But yeah, as to how much of that stuff actually makes it into point to a fragmentary passage, that's, very difficult. I actually did uh, rewatch that, and there were some parts of it that may be a little bit sketchy as to whether or not they can make it in. Uh, for one, there were scenes from various Disney worlds. Uh, for example, they had a shot of Riku holding Kairi on the uh, Big Ben tower in uh, in Neverland. They had uh, Kairi, uh, Hainer, Pence, and Olette uh, in their Kingdom Hearts 2 style. Uh, walking in front of the, uh, uh, abandoned mansion in Twilight Town. And while some of these worlds are included, like Twilight Town's included, that specific area is actually cut off in Kingdom Hearts 3's version of Twilight Town. And Neverland is questionable, questionable because, you know, they would have to get the rights for it. And since this game appears to be being developed in Unreal Engine and at the same level of quality as Kingdom Hearts 3, like, it seems like any new world that wouldn't be in Kingdom Hearts three seems like it would get the the, the chop off of. Yeah, a... that doesn't make sense because I mean the whole point of this prologue,
0: it's like the Gran Turismo games, right? When they mm-hmm. do their prologue games, it's the, po- the whole point is that they basically just reuse all the assets. It's exactly. Like a, it's like a paid for demo.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, it wouldn't really make sense for them to do stuff that's custom like in, in a grander scale if it's custom for this for the uh, Justice uh, One prologue thing. game.
1: I mean at most at most it'll be you know cutscenes that are unique to this game, uh but yeah, not specific assets they' trust me they will they will reuse aqua's asset straight from this game, they will reuse the realm of darkness any any other characters that appear they're only gonna appear if they can reuse that model later so so I've got two questions for you, Brandon. yes,
0: one. Since it turned out to be largely accurate what this guy said, Mm. you kind of alluded to it on the podcast, but do you think he's, his career, that's career suicide, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, could be career suicide. I would still, I would still say it's a bit on the career suicide side because of the secret nature of the, of this industry, especially on the Japanese side. And the fact that he's, you know, just, he, he just went out and, leaked a title right before it uh, was announced.
0: It's the timing, though. I mean, it, it kind of just like, why, why would that suddenly come out like two, three days before yeah. the actual announcement? I mean, that's so suspicious.
1: I mean, so as far as his uh, profile said, uh, he was with Square Enix uh, between uh, August of last year and June of this year. So I'm guessing he, he may have had an idea of when they would be talking about it. Um, and it was even, it even seemed like they were going to talk about it at E3 when it was still called 2.9. I I guess in the space of a couple of months, maybe they changed the name and that was just a working title. So you think that maybe he actually thought they'd already spoken about it? He might've thought that, or, uh, he may have known, oh, it's, you know, whatever. This is just a LinkedIn profile. I'll just put it up now. I need a job now. (laughs) I need food on the table or something. But yeah, it's, it just seems kind of weird to talk about, I mean, 2.9 aside, he goes into really insane detail on Kingdom Hearts 3, specifically talking about some of the, uh, associations Square is gonna, Square is having with, uh, particular external companies such as, uh, Pixar. So that alone is, you know, kind of questionable because they definitely didn't announce any of that stuff at TGS. So. I don't know. It, that seems very questionable, yeah. but it's probably going to be drip fed over the next uh, couple of months. Yeah, but at the very least, as far as we're concerned, that does add a lot more credibility to uh, the rumors he did say. So yeah, that that that's pretty much the news. Uh, I will say one one quick thing about Kingdom Hearts Key back cover. I see a lot of people that are confused about what specifically that covers because uh, some people think it's uh, the the actual story of Kingdom Hearts Key, but it's actually not. It's basically a setup for Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key on phone. So even still, you're still going to need to play something that's not on the PlayStation 4 if you want to get the full story. So effectively, Kingdom Hearts Key back cover is covering what is known as the, uh, the backstory, which is the foretellers and the Master of Master and the Book of Prophecy. If you guys are familiar with the original Kingdom Hearts, this is basically the Anthem Report's uh put to a movie but the uh equivalent of the answer reports in kingdom hearts key so if you want the full story unfortunately uh kingdom hearts 2.8 isn't That's such a troll it isn't really the final prologue unchained uh, come on, guys. Key is so yeah well i mean they're not going to release a you know a a, a, a new title and then yeah, they completely undermine, undermine really yeah they yeah. one of their titles they're releasing probably well they just released it in japan i wonder if we'll actually have it by then that's a really good question cuz um i mean they announced that we would definitely get it in, at e3 and japan just got it this well month. they announced that we'd get
0: definitely get like agito
1: <laughs> we all know what's happening with that, right? Well, but I'll get on to that in a bit. At the very least, with with Unchained Key, it's out somewhere. So that's that's the first bit of the That's true, that's so. true. Um, back to
0: my second question though, Brandon. Yes. Um, obviously, I mean, you wrote an article about this on the website, yes. but this pretty much confirms that Kingdom Hearts 3 is not going to come out next year. Yes. Do you feel like it's kind of a cheeky, I mean, it's a rhetorical question really, but mm-hmm. it feels like a cheeky way of them trying to get some extra funding. And uh, also kind of stall and keep the fan base yeah. at bay a little
1: bit. Yeah, absolutely. It it really is because, I, I mean, otherwise they would have released it in 2016. Um, I mean, you know, going off of uh, a similar situation, uh, which was Metal Gear Solid Five: Ground Zeroes, that definitely seems like the whole point of what Ground Zeroes was, was to get more funding because uh, Kojima's game was way too expensive for Konami. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily that dire of a situation for Kingdom Hearts, but I'm guessing there's some sort of, uh, financial guy at Square Enix that's saying, uh, this Kingdom Hearts franchise needs to pull in X amount of money per year or, or we're not doing this Kingdom Hearts 3 yeah. thing. It, it kind of, it's a similar thing with Type Zero than
0: HD really, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because uh, I mean, imagine that they shoved in the Final Fantasy XV demo to try and generate a little bit exactly. extra. <laughs> exactly.
1: And yeah, I mean, either way, with Type Zero HD, with with uh, with you know 2.8 Final Pro Log, they both uh, benefit their respective business divisions that are working on major titles. So uh, I would say, yeah, this is just to keep revenue flowing in, and it, it also, I mean, even if this was a free demo, at the very least, it's a good opportunity to just you know devote a separate budget to create a bunch of assets for their big game because I promise all this stuff that we're going to see, even though it'll probably cover a different part of the story, we're going to see all of those individual assets in Kingdom Hearts 3, most likely. So. I guess
0: the other, the other thing that we kind of need to talk about before we go into the Final Fantasy news is that. The, re- the fact that it's not coming out on the PS3. Because yes. obviously the other two HD collections are. This is yes. like a massive decision very, for them. Very, very
1: oh, interesting decision. Yeah, a- and the fact that they've been very cagey about the Xbox One. Yes, so yeah, when it comes to the the PS3 release, and this was actually kind of uh, interesting because it does tie into the, uh, the specifics of the rumor and, and part of my problems with the rumor and accepting it as truth was that the rumor said it was going to be on PS3 and PS4. Uh, and w- what I think that actually ended up being was that Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance alone was being developed for PS3. And then at some point during development, they shifted and ported it to PS4. And that's probably why that was listed there as a PS3 PS4 job for him. But yeah, this is very strange. Um, but when you think about what it's, Role is... From a marketing marketing standpoint, it's a good idea. Yeah, from a marketing standpoint, it's a perfectly good idea. They're trying to build their market share of Kingdom Hearts fans that own consoles that play Kingdom Hearts 3. It is literally just the stopgap, very much in the same way Type-0 HD was the stopgap for Final Fantasy XV. Type-0 HD and the episode Duskai demo were designed specifically so that people that wanted Final Fantasy 15 would buy consoles that played Final Fantasy 15 so that when Final Fantasy 15 comes out there's a lot bigger likelihood that they'll sell more which is why it's then a bit confusing they they haven't said anything about the
0: Xbox One yes. yet because yes. obviously Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out on the Xbox One if they're not releasing this on that like what's the point
1: I don't I don't know if it's th- the only thing I could think of was that it may have been financially more of a pain to do and i think it could potentially have been it uh kingdom hearts Dream Drop distance hd's apparent playstation 3 origins because porting from ps3 to uh PS4, yeah those
0: architectures
1: are not nice yes porting ps3 to ps4 is annoying enough having to port ps3 to ps4 and then xbox and they would probably have to go ps3 to ps4 and then port the ps4 version to Xbox. And then on top of that, even if, you know, hypothetically speaking, they could release both, on, on both platforms. And then you gotta consider all the QA that's gotta go into it. You gotta do QA for both versions. Uh, and then you gotta do certification for both versions with both console manufacturers. Kind of makes me think they're regretting that Xbox One announcement
0: for Kingdom Hearts 3 because all yes. of their
1: recent games have been very
0: much PS4 and PS Vita.
1: Yes, yes. And I honestly, it sounds like even the, uh, the Final Fantasy Fifteen to some extent is, uh, regretting their Xbox One uh decision uh because I, I know in recent interviews Tabata was talking about like oh yeah we'll definitely get 1080p 30 fps on ps4 what about xbox uh, what yeah. what's an xbox huh <laughs> <laughs> anytime performance ever hits the discussion with regards to final fantasy 15 xbox is not on the table at all yeah <laughs> Don't, let's not talk about xbox We'll oh, yeah, I mean, still, it, was,
0: it was quite interesting because when I spoke to Square about the, the Xbox One situation, yes. they were very, they were very clear and just said, "We've only announced it for PlayStation platforms." But it was the plural there that mm-hmm. was also interesting because clearly it's PlayStation Four only. Yes, um, which it, it just it makes me feel that there could be a PS3 version rumbling around still, yes. and there's probably an Xbox One version rumbling around somewhere potentially.
1: The only thing is if it was released for PS3, at least one of those titles would not function. Just plain simple because uh Birth by Sleep uh Volume Two or point two. Uh that's that's being made in Unreal Engine Four. Unreal Engine Four simply doesn't run on PlayStation Three, so Square would have to hand port the engine by themselves, and I don't think they have the funds for that. I think Unless
0: you- maybe they did just do a cut down version for the PlayStation 3 and didn't yeah. have all three properties in it
1: yeah they could just release stream drop distance and you know be done with it and i guess chi or key back cover they could release it as a pre-rendered movie because it as as little as they showed it actually seems like they might be using unreal engine 4 for that too but but they could simply record that because that's not interactive so i don't know time will tell but yes it's it's very strange but i think it i think it's a money issue honestly too much overhead would be required to port it to Xbox One, but also, also it was Tok- Tokyo Game Show, so and Tokyo doesn't care about Xbox, yeah. So it could it really just be doesn't. that.
0: <laughs> so Final Fantasy, um, it wasn't quite as exciting for Final Fantasy Wars Kingdom Hearts, but um, I guess the we'll tackle the first thing, which was uh, Agato, which we alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. In the lead up to Tokyo Game Show, they announced that Agato Plus had been cancelled.
1: Yes, so but that it
0: would be reborn. Which uh, was interesting, interesting case of a rem, A REM reborn? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, for those who don't know, Agato Plus was the PlayStation Vita version of Agato, which was the mobile phone game. And um, it was supposed to be kind of a remastered version. And it was kind of, I think it was announced at E3, or to to that effect. Or yeah, sometime some, like some around there. And uh, yeah, it was very much going to be positioned as, you know, it's coming on the Vita, it should be easy to port over but we heard earlier in the year that they were having difficulties porting it because there was a bug that they just couldn't fix to the point where they've now cancelled it. Yeah. And it's being repurposed as Final Fantasy Type Zero Online. It's now being developed by an external third party called Perfect World who... um, They're based in China. They actually... Yeah, they they do some pretty big games now as well. Um, They bought... uh, What are they called? They're the guys who make like Star Trek Online and all those games. Cryptic, I think it might be.
1: Is Star Trek Online available in the West?
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they bought a they bought Western Development Company Ooh. just to expand their offering. Um, but yeah, they, they have a decent track record of stuff. Um, but it, they've now gone back to saying, yeah, we don't know if it's going to come out in the West. It's being yeah. considered. <laughs> so um, that kind of sucks.
1: Yeah. I mean, there there's a lot. There's like this major trend for trying to, uh, you know, penetrate the Asian market with these... Uh, you know famous title uh subtitle online games so for example uh activision has call of duty online uh which we in the west have no idea what that is but it's literally just like old call of duty maps uh ported to pc and it's all free to play and these are like games that are specifically designed for an asian market but yeah i don't know if that's what this uh, is
0: but, it's just a bit confusing because obviously Type 0 and Agito in themselves are, yeah. have just become a massive mess in terms of figuring out what is what, what used to be what, what is now existing. I still, don't understand. All changed names I still and, don't
1: understand what Agito was in the first it's place. like, like is it, I'm gonna how try does it explain. relate to
0: Type 0 at all? So Final Fantasy Agito 13 was oh, yeah. announced at the same time as Versus yep, 13. Yep. That then got re- changed to Type 0. Yep. Then during Type Zero's development, they decided to create a spin-off game called Agito, which was based on the original premise okay. of Final Fantasy Agito thirteen.
1: So this is not in the same canon as Type Zero. This is a I believe they've used it.
0: Yeah, so um, Type Zero Online is in the, is in a parallel universe. Okay. basically, it's one of the different other cycles that's taking place. I guess. Okay. Um. It. So yeah. Then. So Agito is basically a yeah like a spin-off of type zero but using the original concept of what type zero was
1: so are you telling me one day i might get a final fantasy versus 13 online yes stella Um, will be back (laughs) i can't wait i mean anything's
0: like type zero and agate is the the most confusing franchise ever whether it's basically conceived itself and I, I'm not too sure if that's ever happened before.
1: Yeah, it, it just seems like, so Type Zero didn't live up to their financial expectations, and then, well, we've got all these assets, now what? And then, yep. and then they literally just say, okay, we'll just make another game with these assets. But like, this, I guess the other strange thing is that,
0: obviously, Agatai was, a, from what I understand, a reasonably successful mobile game gotcha. in Japan, but they've, now decided to rebrand it back to type zero.
1: Yes. Does, so I guess like, it's to unify the branding just to make it, you know, yeah. easier to recognize.
0: I mean, does it, but it, I guess it basically means that Agato's is dead now. They're not probably not going to use that moving forward.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I think they just want to keep everything under the type branding if they continue with it oh, that's so confusing
0: right but enough of that it's yeah. just that's a mess um the other thing was that i mean like the way they kind of trickled stuff out throughout tgs is quite interesting obviously they had the, the big kingdom hearts thing during the sony press conference Yep. Uh, and then we were the next thing we were really expecting was the atr yeah but then square enix did a load of other stuff in between and they announced they released the dawn the new version of the dawn trailer which i don't think anyone was really expecting i yes. thought um it was more that Tabata was just going to talk about the Dawn trailer and explain it. But yeah, they released Dawn 2.0. More which like was yawn shorter. 2.0. Yeah. Well, I mean like this <laughs> it thing is good. I, like that. I saw a lot of people saying it was the extended version, but actually it was half the time of the original Dawn yeah, trailer. It's
1: just a, it's a different cut entirely.
0: Yeah. So this one was about the parallels between, uh, both noctis and stella luna sorry stella Whoa, that's what I did There, uh, loctis and luna oh, um whereas the previous one was more about the um the, their childhood but yes. the older people in the scenes so the father um, this was kind bond. of yeah this was like noctis was standing in the same position as what as regis was in the previous one mm-hmm. and there was like back and forth and stella was in the same room i believe that she was kind of getting beaten down in in the yeah, first one, yeah, pretty much. Uh, and this time she is a lot more forceful. Um, but I, I thought it was it positioned both of the characters very well, and Stella Definitely. seemed like she's going to be a very feisty Luna. Yeah, I keep <laughs> saying it. What is wrong with these? This is your fault, Brandon. It's, it's saying my Stella. Fault. It's okay. Luna is going to be a very forceful, strong uh, character, which I think
1: is important. I apologize. S- speaking of <laughs> Stella, because one of like the the major concerns for people that were really interested in Final Fantasy 15 was that shifting from Stella to Luna that Luna was supposed to be this frail character i mean they showed her for an entire year, the marketing of her was her literally sitting in a chair and doing nothing. And then they yeah. showed a, a picture of her in a painting, uh, you know, sort of wistfully looking and touching a flower. And that was literally all we had as an impression of Luna. And then in this trailer, it's like, nope, standing up, gun pusher, smash the yeah, page. you do not want to mess with this woman. This, Lu- this Luna is crazy. She's awesome. I was
0: actually going to say before I just uh, messed up twice by saying the wrong name that... Mm. I I hadn't even really thought about Stella like as far as I'm concerned she's just kind of out of out of mind now in terms of the actual character like the visual aesthetic of her and everything Luna has just she's become a a force yes let's say well now she Um, is for sure yeah now we know um, more about her we do we definitely do know Laura Borbara they've released more concept art Um, there is I mean basically she her character seems like it's going to be very integral because she has the ability to speak to gods
1: yeah and in this and, um, world that's kind
0: of a big deal yeah it's kind of a big deal <laughs> and it seems as though um it, the reason why uh the cut scene when she was surrounded by soldiers is because they're all scared of her yes and uh because because she has such insane power so that's uh, that's quite interesting also the woman in the scene um well not in the, she wasn't in the in the trailer but she's she was in the concept art behind the trailer mm-hmm. She's now been given a name. Yes. And uh, she's going to be... Uh, there's lots of different pronunciations running around for this, but I'm going to say Gentiana. Yes. Let's just call her and, Jenny. Uh, Jenny, yeah. <laughs> Jenny. Gentle Jenny. Yes. Um, and uh, apparently she said that to play an important role, we don't really know what that is yet, Apart, and we just kind of had her name. Yeah. But, apart um, from
1: that, they said she's... Uh, she's uh... Luna's assistant, but that's as deep as they got.
0: Yes, I mean there was the confusion before running around that she was Leviathan in the summon, but no. that was debunked. Yeah. Um, but she still looks like she's quite brooding. Yes. Um, we've got two, two uh, rather forceful looking woman and uh which i think is is really great because obviously the whole thing about the male cast and all that stuff so absolutely i think um has played his hand quite well in this instance yes. uh, in, in kind of holding them back and then introducing them in this way mm-hmm. um I, I was quite i was quite um impressed with with the way it's done and i i was really pleased with the with the dawn 2.0 trailer personally yeah definitely
1: i, th- I think a lot of people there. They're still on the frustrated side just because of the, not what's being shown, but more the vehicle for which it's being shown. That's mostly through concept art and through Tabata sitting on a stage and just coldly listing out yeah. the lore. Uh, but I think, so from what I understand uh, with Final Fantasy XV's development, at some point, and I would personally guess that this was around them completing episode Duske, but at some point they shifted the way they do their development from a sort of marketing-focused development where everything they develop is, you know, they develop one thing all at once and try to make it as polished as possible so they can make it for the next trailer. They've moved from that sort of uh, workflow to a more sensible workflow where everybody's working on their own project to completion so you know if you're working on a boss for something late game you're working on that we need to get this done now exactly so the but the difficulty of that is because everybody is working on everything at once everything is at various stages of completion and very little of it is complete enough for it to be presentable, and that's the difficulty that they're currently in—is they can't make big trailers because not much of the stuff is polished enough. And the only way they could do it is if they were to disrupt the current flow of development and say, "Hey, everybody, yeah. finish this—you know, 90 minutes of gameplay." You know, I mean, they've kind of uh,
0: set their stall because they've said that March is going to be the big reveal. Yes. So I would imagine that's the next thing we're going to see. We're going to see a massive push from that point on. You've got March, E3, then Gamescom. Yeah. I imagine they're going to have some very big specific assets for those time periods. Yes, I'm
1: almost scared to, to see what they have <laughs> yeah. because I'm I'm afraid of spoilers personally.
0: I mean, the the one thing that I, I don't necessarily like, but I mean, there's obviously two sides to this. Um, I don't necessarily like how honest he is with regarding the question and answers. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps I think he isn't protected enough. Yes. With, because we know how honest he's going to be. Mm-hmm. The marketing teams, may, he ends up saying things that people don't want to hear exactly so for example we now know that uh, moogles aren't going to be in the game yes everyone's freaking out about it <laughs> if he hadn't said anything people would have got the game and yes. they would have probably got to the end and thought huh oh, there weren't any moogles in that but yeah. then by that point hopefully they would have really enjoyed the game so they wouldn't really care whereas now he's kind of said Nah, not gonna be in
1: there yeah. be deal. Guys. i mean toriyama never got in a very public forum and said uh they're, they're There's no real Moogles in Final Fantasy X. I mean, Lulu's got a Moogle thirteen Or 13, yeah. So, I mean, he never got got up on a stage and no one made a big hissy fit about there being no, like, live Moogles in the game. And honestly, I don't think it's necessary to have Moogles, just speaking specifically about the Moogle situation.
0: No, I mean, like, they're... They don't even make sense in that world. Yeah, they're situational, like um 12 had them in a big way mm-hmm. but they were completely different redesigned moogles yes um they're not in 10 as you said they're not in 13 they're not in um, they're in 13 very yeah heavily. they're in 13 2 and th thir- in line returns yeah but they're um, they're not really in 7 they're not in 8 like that they're, they're in a mini game in 7 there's a yeah. little mogu adventure that's like, really come weird but like nine had them in a big way yes 12 had them in a big way but because it worked in those worlds exactly there's no point forcing something in just for the
1: sake of it and, and then every, other, every game's going to be end up being exactly the same yeah and here's where i think they fit and i, I, I pitched this to dan and hopefully he, he sets this up but i think moogles should be this universe's version of mickey mouse and he should just be a mascot, and he should be plastered on billboards. There should be a Moogle land. There should be Moogle <laughs> anime. You know, there should be Mo- Moogle everywhere. It and... is a fantasy
0: set on reality, right? Exactly. So, so this would be they, our making. They do moves. have
1: TV. And, uh, so far, a Moogle was featured in Final Fantasy XV. Technically, if you look in the, uh, in Cindy's truck, on her, uh, on her rearview mirror, she has hanging a little Moogle plushie. So there you go. That, that's all you need. That's currently a Moogle. I want that to be the Mickey Mouse of the universe of Final Fantasy Fifteen. I think that would fit. And, you know, as long as he's prominent enough, people will be done with it. Yeah,
0: that. exactly. And, like, I mean, but on the same vein, like, you know, someone asked him about Gilgamesh, and he was like, yeah, well... No Gilgamesh. Yeah. him in, but it's going to be on DLC. And it's like, well, again, Did did you need to say that yes now everyone's gonna be like
1: especially considering
0: they choose the questions exactly and that's what annoys me (laughs) so much because it's like there's no screening yeah like come on guys and especially in the in um the with gilgamesh Mm -hmm. gilgamesh would be perfect for this game because noctis is a multiple wielder of weapons yes so is gilgamesh
1: and gilgamesh was a big deal in type zero
0: i mean come on it's like I, i just don't understand yeah like Ignorance is bliss in many things. Like, there's certain things we do need to know. There's certain things we don't need to know. Yeah,
1: like, for example, I think the... Uh, so you had an airship question. I think that one, they've sort of painted themselves into a corner. They had to address that just because it seems like, uh, you know, that's, that's one again, of the... But like, again, airships aren't
0: things. really that much of a staple. Like, they, they haven't really been in a game since 9.
1: Yeah, but I, I think the, the biggest allure of airships is because... Because they, so the reason they haven't been in a game since nine is because we we haven't had a proper open world since then, and this is like the first real, real, real open world. And then it's like, oh, finally we can have airships back because now our world is seamless again, like even more seamless than it's ever been. You know, now it's just how you do it,
0: right? Because Final Fantasy Online um, or Eleven had airships, but you couldn't control them; they were just uh, a quick travel feature
1: yeah like, and there's I th- nothing i think with tabata in- he wants to make it like as seamless as possible he wants them to be like uh airplanes in uh in grand theft auto like that that seamless and that just technically is very very challenging considering this is their first proper open world game
0: yeah oh well. yeah i think uh i think we've uh tgs out brandon
1: yeah pretty much it was a big event Hopefully, hopefully, Square learns to time their uh, news announcements better with our podcast in the future. Yeah, I mean, come on, <laughs> come like, on, Square. L- let us—they've
0: got to get their priorities
1: right. Yeah, the, the, our shows are very, very challenging to uh, to, to script for. So, and, and besides, look, there's a lot in it for them. We give them an hour every month for each of our shows and you know we we give them a lot of attention so
0: yeah i mean what we ask for a a very small amount in return yeah just don't don't announce things that screw up our schedule
1: yeah exactly that's that's all you gotta do square
0: all right well um yeah thanks for listening everyone and uh we will see you soon
1: bye